everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. We could say Corey's sick this week because she's feeling yeah. a little under the weather. Um, but overall, how you doing, Corey? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad that it's Friday. Uh, so glad. Yeah, um, I was nervous about Friday because last Friday, while you were off going to some weird concert, um, I was getting sick. Uh, like, I came home from work and literally walked through my door and a stomach virus or something hit me uh, real, real hard. Um, uh, and uh, I, I'm starting to think it might have been food poisoning because it took more days than I anticipated to, like, fully recover. Um, I just can't figure out for the life of me what would have caused the food poisoning. But, um, it's like I didn't eat anything out of the usual. And, um, but yeah, last weekend was not, not fun. And, uh, I was kind of dreading this weekend. Like, was it going to happen again? Like, there's no logic to that, mind you. But my brain was, like, very afraid of coming home on a Friday afternoon. Um, because I basically lost my weekend last weekend. Like, Friday, uh, I, I was either in the bathroom or I was sleeping because I felt awful. Ugh. And then that was basically Saturday, too. Um, except I had a chance to drive my daughter about 40 minutes to an archery competition she was in. Um, drop her off there, which I hated doing because I really wanted to support my kid. But I did not trust myself uh, stomach-wise. Um, so I dropped her off. And then uh, Mike, who does top five movies with us, his daughter is also on the archery team. And um, he was going to take them home for me um, since I couldn't stay. Uh, that is so awesome i saw i don't know if it was on instagram or snapchat but you were um it must have been you or maybe it was mike one of you guys but that's just so cool that they do archery that takes so much skill yeah it's something i've actually always wanted to try because i've always uh liked robin hood and stuff not the taron edgerton one mind you but um the other more traditional robin hood character i've always enjoyed and always wanted to shoot a bow just never have and legolas uh, what yeah oh yes and legolas of course um not in the hobbit so much as in the lord of the rings but um if you're new to the show this is a, a podcast where i started a couple of years ago um to reduce our gap list so every week we watch a movie that at least one of us have not seen uh set to a different theme and tonight's the first night um of march for us and uh, we are going to be doing our best uh, best actor not category which we've selected jeff bridges for this so we're watching jeff bridges films that one of us or both have not seen um and i gotta say i'm pretty excited about that because earlier this year we watched um a movie that's name is now going to elude me when i had it on the tip of my tongue what was that movie no country for old men no although that's another great movie he's not in that um oh shoot sorry he he was in the movie the uh oh man my brain is just gonna crap out yeah um it's the, the guy who did The Thing. It's his movie that we watched. Um, why can't I think of that dude's name? John Carpenter. Oh, Starman. Yeah, wow. That was, a, that was a trip, everybody. You just went on a trip with us. Um, both of our brains are clearly not functioning at full Mm-mm. capacity. Uh, so let's see what happens this evening. Um, but um, Starman, we watched back in January for our theme of uh, Out of This World. And we were both huge fans. And it reminded me about how much I like Jeff Bridges. Um, and then... Uh, um, he also was at he won the uh, like a lifetime achievement type award at the Golden Globes, and his speech reminded me how much I love him. And the montage they show only made me aware of how many of his films I've yet to see. Um, and so that's what we're gonna try to do this this month is knock out some of these big ones. 
Um, and we're starting off with this episode with Crazy Heart from 2009, where he wins his Oscar. Um, Corey and I will t be talking about this in full detail. We always start off spoiler-free, and then we do go into spoilers, but we give a thorough warning. Um, but before we get into our main event of the evening, we like to look at what else we've been watching since the last time we did one of these. So, Corey, uh, I, oh, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I feel like it's been a really long time since we've recorded. I think it was last Tuesday or something. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago because you were going out of town for your birthday. Uh, and that was good. And then my real birthday stunk. Um, I was sick. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've watched a lot. I watched that, um, short film on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original period. End of story. I think, which okay. was pretty interesting. It's only like 25, 26 minutes. I, you know, I guess I take for granted how, uh, easily accessible. Sorry guys. Feminine hygiene products are here. And, how much that affects women in other country and like girls have to stop going to school and stuff. Um, so I liked, I thought that that was very oh, interesting and I liked seeing this that. Was, uh, stop. This was a Academy award yeah. winning. Oh yeah. Film. I thought it had been uh, worded something, but I say if you've got 20, 25 minutes, watch it. It's very interesting. And a man started like this whole filming conversation and helped make it more accessible um, and it's also giving those women jobs so that they can be more independent. Um, I watched the, the... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I had nothing. I was, like, just acknowledging what you said. Um, I watched The Thing, John Carpenter's um, Halloween 2, True Detective Season 3. I watched some episodes of My 600-Pound Life. Thank you, Hotel uh... Room in Seattle. Um, I watched The Conjuring, and I watched Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh, I'm teaching that next week. Again. It's so good, guys. So good. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I almost forgot to include one that I've watched since then because of teaching. Um, so, uh, the th I've, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, showing that to my two classes next week. Would um, you just have tissues, you know, out for them? I did. I, I will, and I did warn them, although I am also apprehensive. I wonder if it's not going to click for them. Um, like it did for us, you know, they, they're not necessarily going to have any kind of connection to Mr. Rogers ahead of time. Um, so I am curious. Uh, my daughter had no connection. She cried. One of my other students, uh, well, um, regulars, uh, I talk about a lot, but I don't usually name drop, but, um, she cried and then, uh, but you know, a few that I know have seen it, like they, they thought it was fine, but they didn't get that emotional attachment. Um, I think it partly depends on how, um, how much it makes you long for a happier place or like a, a better, you know, because I think like with the uh, Bob Bob Ross and now Steve Irwin and the guy from Lazy Town whose name I always forget because I, I have no connection to that dude, but he seems like he was a really cool guy. Um, and like uh, the Internet's kind of made them like these um, all kind deity figures like in their passing. And Mr. Rogers is one of them. So there's a chance that that's going to click. And at the very least, that idea that we need these, like, kind souls back, that we've lost these people that were, like, positive inspirations to, to uh, aspire to, um, that maybe that'll still click with them. But I, I am excited to see what happens. I've shown, uh, this will be my third in a row 2018 documentary that I'm teaching them, and that is unusual. Usually I'm showing documentaries from years ago, uh, like a regular is, like, supersize me because it's accessible. They all know McDonald's. Um, Morgan Spurlock's got a very likable kind of char charisma about him. Um, and then I, I've shown a couple of other that are usually like 
either like I've shown like Food Inc. where it, it hits them where you know like their junk food it, it attacks their junk food or it's it's still things they're connected to, um, or I'll find documentaries that are about people their age. You know like Bully or uh, Prom Night in Mississippi. Um, this is the first time I've hit three brand new documentaries like this. Um, they've watched three identical strangers and then. Uh, one movie that I'll mention, I'll go ahead and mention that I watched since we last recorded was Free Solo, um, which I just showed uh, them, and I saw Free Solo back in November and was so blown away by it. Um, I was I was happy that it won Best Picture, uh, sorry, Best Documentary um, at the Oscars this year because I really liked it a whole lot, um, and my students for the most part liked it. Which was the funny thing is one of my students is my daughter. And she's like, well, I didn't really like it that much. And I'm like, hold up. First of all, she missed the day of... She got sick this week because I was sick. So she missed the day in class when we started the movie. And she had to watch it at home. But I, I didn't, like, sit with her when she watched it. And I knew she didn't watch it right. Like, and she, she knows... Like, my, my students are taught movie etiquette day one. And she knows better. But she, I, I looked at her. I was like, when you were watching it, did you, were you on your phone? She's like, yeah. I'm like, when you watch it in my class, do you check your phone? She's like, no. When you watch it in the theater, do you check your phone? She's like, no. I'm like, that's why you don't feel connected to it because you weren't paying attention to it. Bottom line, like, there's no way you can watch that movie and not like this this guy a little bit. Like, he is, he's got too much personality and they, they film him so well. And because he bounced – actually, you could almost say he has no personality. But because <laughs> of the juxtaposition with his girlfriend and the story that we get between them – you 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 have a charm and he's quirky um like if you like big bang theory and you like sheldon at all you're gonna love alex from uh free solo because and it's not a character it's a documentary it's a real person but he's got this quirkiness like the dude's eating he makes breakfast like there's this whole scene of him cooking breakfast and he's talking about how his diet's changed to pursue this like healthy mountain climbing lifestyle and um well, he finishes making this very odd-looking breakfast, and he's eating it out of the pan he made it in with a spatula. He's not eating it with a spoon or fork. He's That's eating stressing it me out. with the spatula, and it Just cracks me up it. every time. So I'm like, oh my God, what is your deal with not using utensils, guy? But uh, <laughs> so I'm just saying, uh, free solo, really, really good. Um, and I'm looking forward to showing my students what uh, want to be my neighbor, but. Here's so far, Corey. I haven't seen uh, nearly as many 2019 movies as I uh, want to, but there hasn't been a whole lot coming out local. Um, but I got to see so far my favorite 2019 film of the year, which is uh, Fighting with My Family. Um, it's oh. a biopic um, uh, based on a wrestler um, whose name will become Paige, but uh, that's what she was most known as in WWE is Paige. But uh, her real name Soraya Knight. Um, she's played by Florence Pugh in the film. Uh, Lena Headley, who, or I'm sorry, Lena Hetty, who is from Game of Thrones. She is, uh, I think, Psycho. Yeah, I th- is that Cersei? Is Cersei the Psycho? Cersei, yeah. Yeah. Um, she plays the mother, uh, who's named Julia. Oh, God. Um, Nick Frost <laughs> plays uh, the father, who's played uh, played Ricky Knight, and Jack Loden <laughs> or Loudon is the brother, uh, Zach Zodiac. Um, and then The Rock's in it because The Rock is actually was inspired. By Paige's story, because there is a, a documentary called "The The Wrestlers Fighting with My Family" that you can watch for free on YouTube. Um, it's like a forty-seven minute documentary. I've not watched yet, but I plan to about Paige's family because they were a wrestling family. The Rock saw it apparently when uh, filming in UK for Fast and uh, Fast and Furious Six, 
and was really taken by this uh, Paige's story. Paige would then come to WWE, become a, a superstar, and this is her story. And now Stephen Merchant, who is a great actor, he's a, he's a really funny character actor. He shows up in bunches of stuff. Um, he wrote and directed this film, and um, I'm calling this uh, wrestling fans Rocky. I think it is a terrific underdog story with a very very likable protagonist um, in the movie. I don't know how good of a person uh, Soraya Knight is in real life, but man, in the movie she's super great. This film has heart. It's funny and um, like it, it has scenes of wrestling and it um, it does wrestling training. Oh, I almost left off an important part. Vince Vaughn plays the uh, WWE trainer for the like development uh, group, which she gets put, pulled into. And he is terrific in this. This is like one of my favorite Vince Vaughn performances in a while. Um, this movie just clicked in every cylinder for me. I don't think everyone will love it, but it does have really great reviews right now. I think it's sitting in the 70s on Metascore. Um, so if you, if you had any interest in this, it holds up. Um, if you're a fan of like Rocky or those kind of underdog sports films, you're going to love this. And it's a female character at the, the forefront of it, which makes it all the better because um, it's a little more modern as a result. But it's got genuine humor, um, so much heart. And I, I'm I'm a sucker for Nick Frost, and I just absolutely adore him in this movie. There's some... He, he gets a few moments where he gets to speak like every wrestler's fan's like arguments where someone's like, well, it's all fake. And he's like, he just gets he is a wrestler too as should be noted the whole family is like a family of wrestlers and the way he reacts to that statement and like just uh it's such a wrestling nerd kind of movie but i think anyone can like it though again it's got really positive reviews from critics and i don't believe every critic is a wrestling fan so um all right i'll, I'll power through these last couple i also watched uh i there's actually a podcast episode where i talk about this with uh sean our last two movies for our wild chart our Take six challenge for the month of February with our wild card episodes. I had to watch uh, Disobedience from 2017. Um, that stars uh, Rachel McAdams and uh, Rachel Vice. Oh, um, it, it's, uh, it's it's on Prime, so easy to watch. Um, it's not easy to watch, mind you. There, it's, there, it deals with some heavy themes. It's not super tough to watch either. It's not like um, it's not like a rape movie or anything like that type of thing. But it is. It's very introspective. It deals with like it deals with grief. It deals with uh, accepting one's own beliefs and then uh, reconciling when your belief uh, maybe doesn't match sync up with your feelings. And it's very powerful. Um, excellent performances from the three leads because um, I mentioned uh, McAdams and Vice, but it also stars uh, Alessandro Nivola as uh, Dovid, and he is terrific in this movie. Um, and that's saying something because those two girls give um, or two women, sorry, give amazing performances. Um, the other movie Sean challenged me to watch was My Cousin Vinny. Have you ever seen oh, this? A long time ago. So I had never bothered to watch this movie. I wrote this off as just stupid comedy, and I was ten when it came out, so I probably had no interest when it first came out. And then as I got older, I just like whatever. That looks stupid. It's so freaking funny. Uh, Joe Pesci is amazing in it. Uh, Ralph Macchio, I think, actually gives one of his best performances, and I'm a huge Karate Kid fan, mind you, but I think, he, like, I generally think he's not a great actor, but I like Karate Kid anyways. Um, I thought he did a better job in My Cousin Vinny than he did in any of the Karate Kid movies. Um, watch Crazy Heart, and then today, I had to cram it in, but I managed to make it happen. I finally saw the finale of How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Um, I liked it. I don't think I loved it. Um, I do love Toothless. Toothless is awesome. Toothless is awesome. Yeah, uh, which that doesn't surprise me. 
Um, I didn't realize this, but I heard recently with the release of this film that Toothless is modeled after a type of cat. And it's very apparent in this movie because he meets um, a female of his species. And the the sounds that they make in when they're like near each other are very cat-like. They're very, very feline. Even some of the mannerisms that they establish, it's almost like a cat meets a bat. Like, that's the closest thing those two, to me, reminded me of. But, um... But I liked it. Um, the kids in the audience with me, which kind of... I went to a weird time. I was hoping to not have too many people in the theater, which, for the most part, I lucked out. But there were a few kids, and so I still felt a little awkward being, like, a, a lone, middle-aged man in a cartoon. But... <laughs> Um, there were some other, like, young, a little younger than me, but, like, 20-something-year-old guys that were together to see it with no kids. So that was a little more, like, well, at least there's other adults without kids. But most everyone else had kids, and I was like, ah, a little awkward. But um, I sat away from everybody, and, and it seemed fine. But um, that's what I've been watching. Uh, I've watched a few episodes of Psych, which I continue to watch. Actually, I will talk about those for a second, because... I've been watching, I just finished season four of Psych, and there's, I think, eight seasons. And they, Psych is really great, first of all, but um, Psych has uh, often parodied or at least referenced uh, movies, right? Like, that's a a common thing is they'll make references to films, which is one of the things that really clicks for me, because I get most of those references. But, so I'm super sick, and I'm just throwing them on last weekend, just in the background, so I have something to hear. And I realized that this episode, I think it's season, it's season four, like the second to last episode of the season. Um, it's a Jaws parody. Parody's not the right word. It's a Jaws tribute. And I'm like, oh my god, they did a whole episode for Jaws. And so I, I ended up like falling asleep because not because of the show. I was super sick. So I, I went and rewatched it like two days later from this entirety because like I'm not gonna miss the Jaws episode great it's a great episode especially for a fan like me of jaws so i'm like man that was really cool the next episode is a hitchcock tribute and i like lose my mind i'm like what are the odds that they would do jaws and then hitchcock back to back um so i had a blast with those two episodes if you haven't seen psych i can't recommend it enough um james roday is becoming a absolute favorite of mine as i watch more and more of this show um, so highly, highly recommend, uh, you check out, uh, Psych if you haven't seen it. And again, I'm very late to the party on this. I, I am aware, but <laughs> if you haven't seen it, uh, like if you're like me until now, I say, give it a watch. It's pretty great. Um, all right. That's what we've been watching. Uh, let's get into the stats for crazy heart. You ready, Corey? Yes. So crazy heart came out in 2009, um, directed and written by Scott Cooper Stars Jeff Bridges, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Colin Farrell, James Keen, um, and I wish it had. Oh, uh, I was really surprised when. Um, oh man, I'm gonna draw oh. a blank again. Robert Duvall shows up. Oh, what were you? Gonna oh say? yeah, I. Sorry, like I said, um, Siggy Brain, um, Colin Farrell. I think you already said that. I did. Sorry. Yes. Um, okay. Ignore but, me, everyone. I don't see the little kid's name on here, but I guess this movie's he's only 10. It's only been 10 years. He's probably like five in the movie. Oh, Jack Nation. His name is Buddy in the movie. Ah, there you go. Jack Horrible Nation. name. Yeah, Buddy's kind of a generic name. It's like a dog name. Do you think, um, I wonder if that was just like a nickname. Like if that was, 
Was he ever introduced as that was his actual name, or did he just call him Buddy and that's just what we get? No, she introduced him. I'm pretty sure when they're talking at one point, she's like, yeah, I have a son. His name is Buddy or something. Well, this movie has a 7.3 IMDb user score, uh, 83 meta score. Um, A faded country music musician is forced to reassess his dysfunctional life during a doomed romance that also inspires him. Um, And it won two Oscars. uh, Best performance by an actor in a leading role, Jeff Bridges, which is the essentially the exact theme for this month so this is the right movie to start with the one that he wins that award um and it also wins for best uh music written for motion pictures original song for the weary kind um and maggie gyllenhaal was nominated for best supporting role which i have to say um i'm always hot and cold with maggie gyllenhaal i thought she was great in this um and i guess that's kind of a good entry point i'll go first with my general ideas this is a non-spoiler everybody so no worries if you're new. Um, one, uh, Jeff Bridges continues to remind me of how much I love him every time I watch a movie with him in it. He is absolutely charming, even when he's not being charming. Like, even when he's puking because he drank too much <laughs> and he's sick, there's still this, like, lovable oaf quality about him, which it is the dude. Like, you definitely see the dude from Big Lebowski in Jeff Bridges. Like, I used to, when I first saw Big Lebowski, I'd seen Jeff Bridges and some other things. I didn't think of him that way. Now I I almost exclusively think of him as that. Um, Between, because even Starman, I think it's there too, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. There's this uh, very lovable oaf element that he plays just so perfectly. And I don't mean to like oaf to be that he's stupid. In fact, a lot of times he's extremely smart. Um, Even when he's playing like, that he's maybe not book smart he's very people smart there's a street smart about him that comes through no matter how drunk he gets or how high he is depending on which role this movie alcohol is his vice he is a alcoholic um washed up country singer i love uh, even his name is bad blake uh maggie gyllenhaal is um a reporter or at least an aspiring reporter and um named uh gene and they meet on a coincidence on his second show that we're following in even the shows like the venues that he's playing are so tough um i don't want to get into i guess too much detail so we don't accidentally spoil anything but um i i just was really taken by their performances um i will say uh just a general idea colin farrell is barely in this movie Um, i love him but i i also loved him but he played this kind of nervousness about him that i've never seen him play before did you notice like he couldn't look bad blake in the eye uh, really like and he kept kind of twitching around like he was uncomfortable um sitting with him even and and that goes away when he's on stage but like when he was being like normal conversation guy he he seemed awkward and that's not a character i've really seen him play no um, in the way he plays it, not like I mean, because technically the lobster he's awkward, but it's not like unusual awkward. It's just like well, he's just a weird guy. Um, but everybody in the lobster is kind of weird, so it's just whatever. But um, Farrell, like especially compared to Phone Booth, where he's this arrogant, you know, overconfident. Yeah, um, this is a total like different guy. And at the same time, I expected him to be uber cocky because he is this like iconic country singer now he's like the big guy he's the blake shelton he's the 
That's all I got. You got anybody else? Um, uh, I, I'm going to say Adam Levine. I know he's not a country singer, but he's that guy. He's the one everybody loves and everybody knows. Um, I would even say that it appears he's kind of crossing the border of what country is with like pop music, which is happening in the in the industry now. Um, and like when, but when fans come up to him, he's he's rather humble, and I was kind of surprised. Um, when we meet him, because like the way Bad Blake talks about him early is, I'm expecting him to be like this cocky, arrogant jerk. A bag. And I I didn't get that from him. Um, I still don't think he's the best guy either. I do think there's still a layer of uh, of character, like a uh, persona that he puts on. But I still didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't some like movie villain that I was expecting. And that's one of the things I think I liked about this movie is that mm. there isn't like some there's a, a little bit of melodrama but nowhere near as much as there could have been it could have been this epic like evil Off the country charts. singer and they, they, they keep it down they keep it very down to earth um but uh let's let's get from you what do you thought what what do you thought oh boy what, what do, do you think i um am not really a fan of maggie gyllenhaal um i feel like See, I didn't know. I kind of thought you would like her because she doesn't come off like the other actresses you hate, uh, like Olsen. Um, and what's the oh, other where one? they just can't act? Yes. What's the other one though? Oh my God, Zoe Deschanel. Yes. Deschanel, whatever her name so, is. Maggie is uh, not I... as beloved as like those two. A lot of people who like those two actresses, I think, like them because they're pretty. Where I don't, not to say Maggie's not pretty, but I don't feel like Maggie's like that type of uh actress where people are just like oh she's gorgeous and that's the only reason yeah i think that i think that so i love her and frank because she's like playing this kind of oh, that's right bigger character you know but i feel like there's just something about her personality that is just a little too big or a little too much for just about every it's like her mannerisms the way that she talks I don't even know how to explain it any better than that. But, like, I love her and Frank. And I don't think that she's bad in this. I just... I don't know. I have a hard time seeing her as, like, the everyday girl. Um, mm. Like, the girl next door. So, there's that. But I didn't really mind her in this. But I didn't really feel like it was... A, I don't know. I don't feel like it was a crazy hard part to play. Um mm. I mean, I don't act. I'm just saying. I feel like it's one of those roles that could have been maybe changed with someone else. Um, I like. I liked a lot of what the story had to say, and I liked that everyone stuck to their guns. And mm-hmm. I'll like save that for spoilers. And I really like Colin Farrell in this movie. Like I, we've wa- I feel like we've watched quite a few movies with him, um, just over like movie club and stuff and. You know, I just, I really like him. And you're right, he doesn't ever kind of play this. He's kind of reserved. And I didn't even think about the whole nervous thing, but it makes complete sense with everything else that he says throughout the movie about Bad Blake. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed it. I didn't know what I was getting into. I'm so glad that I didn't read that short sy- synopsis on IMDb. I didn't know that their romance was failed, you know? Uh. So I'm glad that all of that was news to me yeah i guess that is kind of a spoiler um yeah i didn't think about that but wasn't my spoiler listeners that was no (laughs) on imdb that's what you get in your one sentence synopsis there 
but that's about all I have to say about it right now. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to get into spoilers, listeners. So, Corey. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about Crazy Heart in great detail. Uh, spoilers, you've been warned. All right. So, pretty much from this point, we're going to jump right in. So, if you haven't left, that's on you. Um, before, I guess we say anything, we did have to rent Crazy Heart and or buy it. It is not available uh, currently, to my knowledge, to stream on any Just service. Uh, so... <laughs> Keep that in mind. If you don't, if you don't uh, want to buy it, there's not another current way to watch it that I'm aware. So, um, all right, jumping into spoilers. I, uh, I really liked so much about this movie. Um, Colin Farrell, like you said, was I just thought it was super great and uh, very much um, as small a role as he has, he's a, such a vital role to the big story because. Uh, we get we're told Bad Blake um, taught him everything he knows, and I'm thinking he's not helping Blake, but everything that he does says the opposite. That he it's... he respects him and he gives him credit in front of everybody. He comes out. I love when he came out and sang with Bad Blake during his set uh, when he, Bad Blake gets to open for him. I and thought that was great. Bad Blake to come out and sing some of his songs. I really loved his character a lot because he could have been a d-bag he's like selling out these huge freaking stadiums and outdoor venues like when the venue that he gets bad blake gets to go open for him i think they said is twelve thousand seats mm -hmm. and he's a cool such, venue too yo so beautiful um and i just i really appreciated that like he like he wants him to be on that tour with him and we end up finding out that he tried to get him they tried touring together they want to record an album together but their labels aren't letting it be because bad blake doesn't really sell as many albums and i guess that it kind of he's older and mm -hmm. i kind of like that seeing that too because we don't get, we get that a lot with women and with acting and stuff like that i don't feel like quite as bad with music but once women get to a certain age maybe they're not as marketable but we see it happening with this guy too he has other problems too he's an alcoholic we already said mm -hmm. but he's just not he and then we have colin farrell who is attractive and young and selling out these crazy stadiums but he does really appreciate him and like wants to write an album with him gets him a really great record deal later on yeah. um a wants him deal. Yeah, to write, sorry, wants him to write his songs and he's going to, like, give him a sweet, sweet deal. Um, just all these really cool things, and I really liked finding out that that's who he was instead mm -hmm. of what I think we were led to believe at the beginning. Which, I mean, you get Blake's pers perspective. Maybe it's a little bit of jealousy um, because yeah. Tommy's still this hot commodity. And uh, Blake did, like, Blake's a songwriter. Tommy is a performer. And that is a type of country musician now where they don't write their own songs. They just sing other people's. And um, sometimes there's ghostwriters where, like, it's the the actual musician, the person performing will get the credit for writing even though they didn't. Um, that kind of thing, which I think happens in this movie towards the end. Because um, when Tommy's playing, like, the last song, he says, like, this is my new song. And we, we know that Tommy did not write that song. In fact, we're... Oh! But I thought at the beginning, he's like, um, this was written by my mentor. Oh, did he say that? See, I might have missed that. Um, I thought he's... But I, I didn't think he was doing anything wrong there, mind you. Like, But that he was doing what was the contract. That 
Blake writes the songs, but Tommy takes the credit kind of thing. Like, that was what I thought happened. So it wasn't like a criticism to Tommy, just mm-hmm. that's how the, the, the industry works. Because, again, and, I mean, that's Lady Gaga's actual story is very similar to that because she was a writer first. Like, I think she wrote a couple of Britney Spears' early songs, um, and no one knew who she was. And, like, I think the part of The Star is Born where she says, like, people have always told me I'm not pretty enough is true for Lady Gaga. I think when she was first trying to make it, people weren't giving her a chance because they didn't think she was pretty enough to be a pop star. And so I think that's why she went weird when she first started, like, with all the makeup and big hair and costumes, was to kind of, like, well, screw you, and if, if I'm not pretty, I'll just be weird. And because, like, if you look at her more recent stuff, she's toned down a lot of, like, the the eccentric stuff um, and has gone more, like, because now she's established. People know she's talented. Uh, no one's going to suddenly be like, oh, wait, you're not what we thought you were. Never mind, because now we know she's an incredible singer and a very talented songwriter um, and a very passionate person. But I, I feel like that's with Blake, too, and I think... Um, you know, I think we're supposed to get that the alcohol has kind of deadened his world enough where he doesn't have anything to say anymore. Um, and maybe directly responsible for not being able to write, but I think it's more like he hasn't been living a life outside of himself. And so he has nothing to add to the, uh, the conversation. Um, and because he constantly says, I don't write anymore. I don't write anymore. I just play my old songs. Let's record a duet album so we can, you know, re-record some of those things so I can make some money because he's like flat broke. And, there's a part that stressed me out because he, t- he says I have $10 in my pocket and I'm just like and he's at the liquor store he has 10 bucks, and he's at the liquor store and I'm just like dude what are you doing like where, how are you going to survive with $10 like that's insane um, but like the first place he shows up to play is a bowling alley which totally I... reminded me of Big Lebowski too uh, yes um, I thought they did such a good job like with the venues and the like the local bands mm-hmm. and just like really setting that tone about where he's at in his career yeah and even his fans and stuff i just really well, like because he's still getting groupies even though he's older you know there's still women throwing themselves older. at him <laughs> yeah um and like some almost like aggressively um mm. but so like bad bad blake's established really cool and i love I love that you still see he loves the music, even though there's an element of him that doesn't. Because, like, the first band at the bowling alley, they want him to come rehearse, and he's not going to do that because that's just not his style. But, like, how he he tries to humor them a little. He's not just totally rude. He is rude to almost everybody. But it's like this, I'm too old to be messed with, uh, with niceties, so I'm just going to tell it like it is. And you can react how you want to react, but I'm going to be blunt. Um... But when he gets to the second venue, which is the uh, the more traditional bar, the guy's playing the piano, and Ugh. he's, like, just... I love That's that so cool. he was so appreciative, appreciative of that. Just like, oh, man, I haven't played with a, a good pianist in a while. And I also like that, that his music is that, like, adjustable. That, like, he shows up, doesn't know who the band's going to be till he gets there. And they have different instruments, apparently, at different shows. Because, again, the piano thing was not at the previous show. And I, I thought that was really cool because I've never played in a band that way. You know, like I've I've I never really considered being like a studio musician or anything when I was thinking I would make a career out of music. And uh, 
seeing that type of stuff is always really interesting to me. Because I'm like, can you imagine every week you just know you're going to be playing with somebody, but you don't know who? stink so bad, and you couldn't, like, I don't know. I feel like it would be harder to improvise or to, like, just jam or, you know what I mean? I I feel like that would be so hard. You would basically, I mean, but I guess you're always playing, and you have to be, you have to be a better musician than I am, because I can't pick up a song and run it that night without you know having like i one i don't i don't read music that way i can like learn the music from that but then i i learn the song by by heart and that's how i play it that's how i've always played it so i i would have to you have to sight read and that's not going to happen like there's no way i'd be able to pull that off um but so yeah i was impressed by that element too but um i think though the big thing is of course when he meets Gene. Gene is the niece of uh, the piano player, and he sets up the interview. Even like how she shows up at the hotel room, and he's like naked watching what I think <laughs> is adult movies. Uh, <laughs> it was in Spanish. I just figured it was telenovelas or something. It could have been that. It could have been that. Um, and she like opens the door, and he's like, "What? Who are you?" Um, that <laughs> the door really wasn't great. even closed. Well, I don't. Did you notice that the lock was broken on it? Oh, when when she leaves. He goes to put the chain on, and oh, then yeah. the, it's not there. There's nothing to connect it to. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, so yeah, it right. wasn't totally his fault. And still, <laughs> she did kind of walk in. Like, <laughs> Oh, see, I thought the door wasn't closed all the way. It looked like it was like, I don't know. It's possible that uh, like it, he thought it was latched, but there was no latch. So when she knocked, it just opened. <clears throat> but it, to me, it seemed like she was walking in. Like, it wasn't just like standing on the outside of the door like she was already halfway in the room when he's like wow you know that is true but um so their connection they meet uh they have um their interview is important because we learn a little bit about him through his uh the questions he won't answer and the ones that he will um we learn that he has uh well we at least get the vibe that there's a child he has but has a no relationship with because she asks about do you have any children um, and he kind of, that's when he, I think he ends the interview with that question. Um, and there was something else that she asked, I think maybe about Tommy that he kind of like, I don't want to talk about Tommy or whatever. Um, but we get a lot from the, the two parts of the interview, uh, and he's clearly smitten by her and we've already seen him sleep with one older lady. Um, well not seen the movie's pretty tasteful with that. You don't actually see the nudity, but it, he wakes up next he to it. He sneaks out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which, that's an important detail, too, that he sneaks out. Um, because the first time he has sex with Jean, uh, he wakes her up. And they're, like, talking and having conversation, which is obviously very different. So we we know immediately he doesn't see her as another fling. And um, their relationship is, is odd. Because what, what do you think? Like, 30 years difference? Uh, probably. I... I don't know. I thought that there was a lot really strange with that whole thing. Like, it, she's all, yeah, my son's at the babysitter, but then she stays overnight with him, and then she brings him home to meet her son right away. Mm-hmm. thought that was very weird. Yes, I also thought that. Um, he he offers to make his famous biscuits. I wanted some. Yeah, they looked amazing. And though, mm-hmm. I thought his connection with the kid was really charming. Like, mm-hmm. uh, showing how to hit the paper football. Um, he's really good with the kid, and it made me like him even more. Um, but, so, 
their relationship goes up and down. I I like their connection. I think I definitely believed it, and I I thought Maggie did a good job of selling her uh, like a little bit of struggle with with the idea. Like she doesn't know is he just you know am I just sex for him uh, right away, and then it becomes very apparent that no, you're more than just sex to him. Um, and I, I like their little connection. Go ahead. I I don't know. There it I just can't with like age differences like that, mm-hmm. but I guess that you're right. It seems natural even though, you know, I was having a really hard time with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying like I approve. No, uh, no, I know you're but, not. And at the same time, I mean, she is a they're both adults. She's an adult. Yeah. yeah. And she's not it's clearly she's not like you know, gold digging because he's not. <laughs> there's no, no gold in them hills. Yeah, exactly. What is that? Got a 1978. What was it? A Bronco or a Suburban? A suburban. It was a Suburban. It was a suburban. Yeah. Um, which he wrecks, and that wreck I did not see coming. No. Uh, I was like, holy crap! Um, thought he was dead for a second, uh, but no, just broken ankle and concussion. Um, and he gets to stay with her for a little while, which I like that kind of circumstance. That like one, she was so willing to help him, um, but. Yeah, I I really like their relationship. Um, I was so upset at the sequence when he loses the kid, though. Um, um, because here, so I'm gonna cut in a little bit about where I'm coming from. All I I like all three of the characters that we get a lot of, like um, Gene, Bad Blake, who we end up finding out his name is Otis, and then also Colin Farrell's character. I'm forgetting Tommy, but like. The only thing that she ever asks him, the only thing she ever asks him, is not to drink in front of her son. Yep. That's it. Like, they're... You know what I mean? I feel like... It's a simple one thing. One thing. Don't confuse him. And then he does a good job not doing that. And then he takes him into a bar and he loses him. (laughs) Yeah. Which, on one hand, I thought that... I mean, I don't have a kid, obviously, but... I know that my mom has lost me in stores. Kids just get away. Yeah. Um, and in all fairness, my, you know, those parents aren't all in bars, but I'm just saying kids are ninjas. And to be and, and an important teleport. thing to the movie, too, is that nothing happens to the kid. So it's not like no. he got kidnapped and it's not it doesn't become a manhunt. It's a it's a small, horrifying moment, mind you. But nothing goes wrong. Everything works out OK. But. One, uh, the the police officer indicates to us that he's much more drunk than we thought, and we're I think we're supposed to take that that while he's not drinking in front of the kid, he's hitting that flask all the time. Like if we're not seeing him, if we're not seeing him with the kid, there's a pretty good chance he's taking a drink of that flask, even if we aren't seeing it on on video. And I think the cop stopping him is like, how how much have you had to drink? I think there's a bigger smell of whiskey than the one drink he had at the bar. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's been drinking throughout the day and he's really just getting by and we, I mean, he gets drunk every, all the time. And that's when it's, the problem becomes apparent. Um, Robert Duvall though, um, I'm, I'm a fan of Robert Duvall. He's an iconic actor. He's done tons and tons of movies. Godfather one and two. I mean, dude's a legend, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen him as sentimental as he is in this movie. Like he's actually like kind and um, he's still a little racist. He 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 ends up having that kind of edge to him because he calls his Hispanic uh, co-employee 
um, Jesus, right? And the guy's like, my name's Jose, and he's like, oh, I thought it was Jesus. What's the difference? I'm like, oh, the race. OMG's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's thrown in there like, and it's not. I mean, it's a character trait. It doesn't. I don't feel like it needs to be there though in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just like, oh, Robert Duvall, you old rascally racist. Um, and to couple that, I saw him, he was in Widows this year as a um, uber racist in, in Widows. So, uh, it's hard to shake that, uh, that little detail. Um, but, um, you know, he like, he's the friend and like when, uh, he finds him sick in the bathroom, um, he's, he comes to him and he's like, ah, not again. And you kind of get this history between those two guys without having like a whole lot of backstory about them but even when he takes him fishing like i really i liked him in the movie um he picks him up from rehab you know what i mean like those are little details that are like showcase the and, friendship yeah and when they're um fishing and stuff and um we end up finding out that he or i think it was when they were fishing that he was an alcoholic too yeah i think you're right i think he he throws that out there and I just I was really impressed with that little friendship because it's a small role like he's not in the movie very much, um, and he doesn't come in until like the three like three quarters of the way through. But I really liked his that establishing of this friendship, this male bond, um, especially from from Duvall because I don't feel like Duvall plays that character very often, and I like that. Um, there's not a lot of characters in this movie that are on screen a lot. It's really it's the three that we've mentioned. And then Duvall's character is, like, the next biggest character. Um, and I guess you could argue that the manager is a big character, but he's most of it's just on the other end of a phone. We see him, but he's not with Bad for most of the movie. Like, we, we see, like, one scene, I think, where they're actually in the same room at the end. But And he hands over a check. <laughs> yes, which he then tries to give to uh, Buddy. I think that he does give it to him. I, I couldn't tell if she took it or not. Because she, like, I... refuses, but then he kind of insists and says, like, it's just money. And I think I think you're right, but I wasn't a hundred percent. That's but, what I thought. But um, I like the music in this too. <clears throat> I, I I was curious because neither of us are country fans. Um, well, like, and I really hate new country because I just do. I mean, they use auto tune, and it's true like most of them don't write their own music even though they try to sell it that way like you know at least i feel like pop singers and stuff i don't feel like they always try to like pretend like they're musicians yeah they know their role and they know what you know they're they sing it they perform it they don't try to sell it as they did the whole it's a whole package deal that they did themselves um but I was, like, listening to some of the lyrics, and I just thought that they were really dumb. I liked the last song that we end up finding out is about her, and we hear him, like, kind of writing it. Mm-hmm. And we also find out that he's, like, maybe that's not the case all the time, but, you know, there are musicians who can just pump out really good music, and a lot of it. And it seems like that would be him, too, if he focused, because... Mm-hmm. She, like, tells him, you wrote that in ten minutes? There are people who, like, go their whole lives trying to do something like this. And she says that she'll never think of her bed that way again, you know, as the way it was before he wrote the song in it. Yeah. When he's laid up with a broken ankle. Which is but, a sweet kind of moment, though. <clears throat> yeah, it is. But just, I don't... Um, I, I like the Bad Blake songs, um... I like Bridges singing, uh, for one. And I also, Colin Farrell did he sing. He has a good song. Good voice for that. Mm-hmm. 
and Colin Farrell sang the song that uh, we hear them do the duet with, I believe. Um, and I think the solo song we hear Tommy sing. And I did. I don't think I've ever heard Colin Farrell sing, so I like that too. Was uh, that really him singing? It reminded he's me. He's credited of... on the soundtrack. Okay, because it. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because I, I went. I I added. Uh, I have a movie song playlist where I have like songs from movies that I like. That usually when I have that one, I have like they're actually performed in the movie by the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I added a few of the songs from this um, to like cycle in. Because uh, I, I liked him. I, I, again, I'm not a fan of country music. I'm not opposed like I used to be. I still generally find I'm not... Uh, like you, Lyrical content doesn't always click for me. Um, I do find I like a lot more of like the uh, like the Florida Georgia line kind of nonsense stuff than I would have ever thought. Because I don't generally like nonsense songs. Um, but nonsense. for some reason, those work for me. What do you mean? What would you say? Non- nonsense. Like, um, okay, like... Uh, modern like little pump rap where it's just like catchy doesn't have any real substance it's just like party music you know what i mean where it's just kind of trashy like florida georgia line um what's the the one about the the i don't even see i can't even think of a song because to me the lyrics is that the song where oh my god there's a song by some country music and i just want to pop everyone that has anything to do with that song and they're like i called you because i'm drunk I can't even remember. I don't know. That might be, but that's the type of thing I'm talking about where it's not Ugh. really substance based. It's more about just like a catchy beat, uh, a good hook that's going to stick in your head. Um, and it, otherwise this, there's no real content to it, right? Like I don't usually like songs like that. I usually prefer songs that have at least some meaning to them. Um, or at least something that clicks for me. But, uh, the, the, this, these songs I thought had some, some of that vibe, I can't think of, I cannot for the life of me think of a single one of the names of any of the songs from this movie right now, but um, I, I, I found the music much more tolerable than I was expecting, given that I'm not a fan of country music. That was actually one of the reasons why I didn't watch this movie. I feel like Kathy rented this a few years ago, and I was like, no, no, um, I, I'm not going to watch this because I don't like country music. So um, worked out, though, because you picked this for this month. And uh, I neither of us had seen it, and now um, I like this a whole lot. Uh, I wouldn't put it in my like top fifty or anything like that, but I definitely, I would totally rewatch this movie, and it just made me love Jeff Bridges a little more. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, how would uh, I'll I'll rate it first because I always throw this, and I know you never are quite ready for this. Um, how would I would give this movie the not quite Golden Pony Boy rating? Um, I I don't feel like it's. It's not quite must-see, but it's very close for me. This is a film I definitely think most people can find uh, some enjoyment with. I think Bridges is phenomenal and definitely deserving of the award. I don't know who he was up against that year, but I I love him in this movie, so I'm very happy he gets the best actor for this. Um, What about you? Mm, I'm always torn. I can't ever, like, you know... It's like a 3.5. It's between. Yeah, I so... think that it's more not quite Golden Pony Boy than a decent watch, though, because I, um, and I like kind of seeing his range too, because I'm pretty sure Big Lebowski is the first film I saw him in that I can remember. Anyways, I'm having a hard time remembering what the first one was for me. Right, that's just the first one that's sticking out to me. But I also think that he's one of those actors that is in a lot of stuff that we maybe don't realize. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Um, he's done some smaller roles, and uh, I'll say um, the next movie that we're watching for uh, for 
um, this month is Tron uh, from, I don't even know, 1980-something? Um, I've never seen Tron. Tron is a film that I missed as a kid when it because I was alive when it came out, but I, I didn't see it. I was probably too young when it initially... Uh, I'm sorry, I was born when it came out, but it still never like made its way into my VCR, which I'm surprised because I was always really into video games, and Tron is like essentially the first video game movie, um, or at least the first movie really about video games, and I never saw it, and um, it's time to, uh, to rectify that. I am very afraid of this movie. I don't think I'm going to like it. Uh, it looks... Every still image I've seen of it, I just think looks so bad. I do not imagine... Oh, no. ...that I'm going to really enjoy watching this. <laughs> people love it. I mean, the the effects in the film are among the things that people rave about. But I just Why? think it looks so 80s. Like, Oh, my God. I forgot to tell you what I tried to watch. And you guys are going to throw rocks at me. I tried to watch Ready Player One. Oh, like 30 minutes and i was just like and no you know what um i rewatched it recently and i liked it a lot less than i did the first time um i was much harsher on it and i i i don't like to insult the actor's appearances but ty sheridan looks like he's got permanent duck face going on and it drives it drives me crazy oh to no. look at his lips and i'm a fan of his because he was in mud and i really like mm-hmm. mud a whole lot and he's gonna be he's cyclops in the upcoming Dark Phoenix film, and he was Cyclops in uh, the last X-Men movie, The Age of Apocalypse. And I didn't notice the lip thing, and I totally noticed it in the new trailer, and it's like, I'm like, yep, can't get past the duck face. Sorry, Sheridan. It's not, I, it's probably not your fault, but it drives me nuts because, like, you never close your mouth. It's always open. Um, oh, no. But, uh, not to insult anyone, but next episode, we're going to be watching Tron. Um, we had to buy this one, uh, Disney owns this movie, which makes it almost un- uh, unlikely to find it on any streaming service. It is not cheap even to rent or buy digitally. I think it's like 15 bucks because it's Disney, and that's what Disney does. Um, there is a sequel to Tron that also has Jeff Bridges. I've not seen that either, but we won't be watching oh. that this month. We're going to stick with just the first Tron from 1982. Um, and uh, until then, Corey, where can people find you on the internet? At Corey R. Star. Two R's on the end. And you can find me at Burke Reviews on Instagram, social uh, social media, which looks like Instagram, and Twitter, and, and Letterboxd, <laughs> as well as going to BurkeReviews.com and reading all the reviews that we post um, and other podcasts that we do. A uh, new episode of uh, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast will be coming out soon as the month of February has come to a close. Matt and I will look back at the month and uh, discuss the four big releases as well as anything else we saw released in the month of February 2019. Um, if you like the show, please rate and review the podcast. It helps us to find new listeners. And until next time, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, and check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts. Covering the entire movie-verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. <laughs>